Happy Monday, everybody. It's Zach Zexer, your chief administrator. And no, it's not Friday. This is a bonus episode, y'all. Uh, it is uh, an awesome day. We are doing PD with our staff, and I am joined uh, by two awesome ladies who are working with our staff all morning. And they were so gracious as to do a short pod with me to talk with you about cultural proficiency. So thanks for tuning in. I think you're going to like this. Let's go! All right, so just to clarify before we dig in here with this conversation with Kimberly and Laura, today on Monday, January 18th, it was a full day of professional development. The morning portion we spent with Kimberly and Laura, who uh, were chatting with us on the topic of cultural uh, competency and uh, making, making the school community what it needs to be with particular mindfulness of differences and similarities uh, within the world of culture and what we can do there. So that was the morning. Then we had a lunch break, and then the afternoon was actually spent with uh, someone that maybe some of you know, uh, Lieutenant Charlie Fields, and he worked with our staff on um, another challenging topic, frankly, on run-hide fight, um, just in terms of, you know, he was explaining, you know, we, we haven't had a, um, a death in the United States school due to fire since the 1950s, right? So it's been 70 years or so since we've had uh, a death in an American school because of fire, and that is largely attributed to the fact that now we do fire drills all the time. Well, we didn't do like an active shooter or anything like that, but we spent a couple hours with Lieutenant Fields talking about how we, as the adults in the building, can make the school be as safe as possible if the unthinkable were to ever uh, happen near or on our campus. So uh, the teacher spent a couple hours digging into that as well. So applaud the, the teachers here at Holy Family for digging into two important and sometimes difficult topics, Um, but I really wanted to have a little bit of time with Laura and Kimberly uh, on the pod to share with you because I think it's something that, um, you know, we can be working on at home as well, too. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Laura Gray and Kimberly Fitton in a segment that we call People in Your Neighborhood. Who are the people in your neighborhood, in your neighborhood? In your neighborhood, say, who are the people in your neighborhood? The people that you meet. So I'm joined today by two women uh, that have been doing some work with Xavier Catholic Schools, and today was their first time working with us here at Holy Family. So I'm joined by Laura Gray and Kimberly Fitton, uh, and they were chatting with us just kind of as I was telling the teachers it was a primer. Um, to cultural proficiency. Um, And I shared out the video, Kimberly, of you talking about what if I could um, uh, say that you could, you know, have a lot more, you know, awareness or proficiency around issues of racial conversations and cultural differences and similarities and things like that, and you wouldn't feel guilty, which I think is a big roadblock. Like you guys talked about roadblocks today. I think that guilt can be a big roadblock. We think, I don't want to feel gross. I didn't do anything intentionally mean, so I'm a good person. Like you use that example of Samuel. Sam's a good guy. He works at the food shelf and blah, 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 blah. And he like, you know, stitches up beat up kittens or whatever it was, all that stuff that Sam did. Sam's a good guy, but, you know, here's some missteps. And so um, thanks for taking some time on the podcast after you're already finished chatting with our staff, who I think really, really enjoyed hearing from you, by the way. Um, So Laura Gray, Kimberly Fitton, thanks for coming on. Um, Would you just tell us a little bit about yourselves quickly? And then I just want you to give our families maybe a couple of nuggets 
um, to help them maybe take a step in the direction of, you know, like a gospel-centered life that engages with important conversations around cultural diversity and proficiency. I'm Laura Gray, and I was born and raised in Chicago, Illinois, in the heart of the city, um, over by 79th, uh, in between 79th and 76th, uh, in Damon and Western. And I taught there for uh, 10 years at Curie High School and did administration at the same school before I came to Iowa. And I've been a building principal. I was a building principal for three years, uh, starting in 2015, and then uh, transitioned to district office. So I'm the director of diversity and cultural responsiveness. But I also have an educational consulting and DEI um, uh, business called uh, Restorative Community Partners, in which I partner with. Um, Kimberly Fitton and her uh, business as well and that's where you get the re- the restore part of our business. Uh-huh. I'm Kimberly Fitton and um, I am an educator. I am with Laura in the Iowa City Community School District and I am actually a high school administrator there with Liberty High School. Um, before that I was in central office in Cedar Rapids and taught in Cedar Rapids so an educator for like 14 years. McKinley Jefferson okay yeah Um, McKinley and Jefferson was two schooler and then ended up in central office doing family and community engagement um, with uh, Cedar Rapids Community School District and then I decided to venture out in education consulting and so that's reset education consulting is my business and teamed up with Laura and we're R&R and so one of the things that we love to say is w- with the topic of diversity, equity, and inclusion, you need a little R&R. You have to be able to offer a safe space. So yep. you're talking about difficult topics, and we wrap around you. Um, Laura um, has a saying that, you know, it's going to be uncomfortable, um, but be comfortable with being uncomfortable, and then we provide the space that makes it okay to be vulnerable and take in the learning. And, and so... Um, what they're le- what people might learn will be saturated, right? Be- begin to mm-hmm. take root in the ground. And it's actually interesting. We um, the a PD session we did in the fall with top twenty training. They're out of the Twin Cities. You may or may not have heard of them. They talk a lot about in a classroom setting. You have to have the kids. If they don't feel vulnerable, if they're limbic, they're not going to learn anything. Mm-hmm. So you can talk all you want about Pythagorean theorem or Luke's gospel or whatever you're teaching. <clears throat> if they're not able to be vulnerable, if they're not in that part of their brain, forget it. And I think, yeah, yeah for sure, for race. How long have you two known each other? Because you do have a good rhythm together. Oh, man. It's not it's not as long as the rhythm would present, right? So what has it been? I've been three years. This is my fourth year in Iowa City. Okay, so yeah, three, three, yeah. Yeah, but really, too, when we, like, started connecting and, and doing something great together, we, Laura had this God idea. Um, of having a conference in the Midwest that would handle issues of diversity, family and community engagement, even, you know, um, HR and harassment. Mm-hmm. Like, she just had this wonderful idea, and we were all out to eat um, with four, the four of us. There's two other I administrators. I remember eating out. That was awesome. <laughs> 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 Those were good days. <laughs> we were out, and, and Laura came to the table super excited and was like, guys, I have this idea. Let's put on a conference. And we were like, yeah, cool, we're with it. And we didn't understand all that would take place between February and that July, but Mm. the opportunity to give community organizations, families, teachers, this information that they've been dying to know or thirsty for, right? Mm -hmm. Really, it was the light bulb moment. And Laura and I started doing these sessions together 
because our styles complement each other. Yeah. And the thing that we have in common and really are dedicated to diversity and inclusion and equity work in the Midwest, in Iowa specifically. Yeah. We don't want great people leaving um, because they don't feel valued. Um, we also don't want people feeling like they're bad yep. um, and that they're not good people. We want them whole. And we want um, educators doing the work and community organizations doing the work. So it's heart work for us, H-E-A-R-T, um, the work of D, E, and I work. So. And I think that's kind of where, where this all came from, too. The idea for Captivate came out of um, not feeling uh, welcome, safe, and included as mm -hmm. an administrator of color in a predominantly white district. Um, feels lonely sometimes so like you yeah. aren't understood you know there's implicit bias there's some other things that are at play and, and and some things that people don't couldn't even name why they felt the way they felt um and so it really was birthed out of okay so we know we have great people around us who who love what they do who you know want to be good at educating all students right we can help them like we can mm -hmm. i can show you what it feels like um or i can explain to you what it feels like and so we have a really um, usually immersive style, especially with Captivate, where we could, you know, would give people experiences that they wouldn't have been able to have mm -hmm. in, in other types of professional development. But um, what I would say for um, families looking to um, grow in the area of diversity, equity, um, inclusion, or just yeah, really... Th this uh, is what I, yeah, this is really what I wanted to get to, Laura. So thanks. Please keep going. Um, <clears throat> what, what I would say is uh, to start with cultural proficiency. So like you can just Google cultural proficiency and there's tons mm -hmm. of slides mm -hmm. that explain it, but use that continuum, which is the, you know, the thing we kind of talked about yep. today where you can kind of identify appropriate versus inappropriate behaviors when it comes to diversity. And I would say, look at all areas of diversity. Even if your focus is race, you want to look at all areas because you would find that you'll be far more reflective mm -hmm. and honest with yourself and other areas of diversity and then come back to race. Um, because it's such a hot topic right now, a lot of people don't want to admit mm -hmm. um, where they where they land on the continuum when it comes to race. So I would I would take a backdoor approach, slow it down, and just really be honest, and then get to race, and and have that real honest conversation with yourself and assess how you show up, assess how your systems show up, and hold yourself and others accountable. And that's really what we need. We need our white brothers and sisters, especially, you know, our, our Christian white brothers and sisters, you know, I feel like we, we're supposed yeah. to be brothers and sisters first, yeah. you know, um, to do some self-searching, to do some soul-searching, to, to show up and advocate, use your privilege for um, social and racial justice is so powerful um, when you say things uh, that uh, will help someone else grow. It, it just lands differently for the macro culture than if, you know, a person of color says it. Uh, and we'll get to a place in space, I believe, where it will land the same, but we're just not there. And mm -hmm. so we know that for people in the macro culture, you can kind of hear from other people in the macro culture. So that's why we need um, allies and co-conspirators and whatever you want to call <laughs> it, people who are ready yeah. to do the work um, to kind of like help, you know, help each other, like have homogenous, you know, study groups around race. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Like there, I think it's really powerful to have a group of white women or a group of white men um, or you know talking about race and being able to be vulnerable with one another and, and holding each other accountable 
um, to appropriate uh, behaviors when it comes to cultural proficiency. Creating a safe space, and I think the other thing that we say that is true, like um, get rid of the guilt and shame with it, right? These systems of inequity that exist, you you didn't create them, we didn't create them. So we're not, um, in this work, we really strive to say, okay, the white guilt, no thank you, right? Mm -hmm. You're not to blame for slavery, you didn't do, it's not your fault. Let's move on to, to things that we can control, right? Which is how we show up. Well, and even, um, I love that you keep using that phrase, how we show up, but even how we, um, or how you um, presented the phrase or the, the idea of um, privilege. I, I thought that was, I, mm -hmm. I, I feel like I've done a fair amount of work um, on um, inclusion and equity and, and, and access, et cetera. I haven't heard it presented quite that way before. Uh, privilege, it, before you even got into it, um, you um, just said like, there's nothing wrong with privilege. Well, privilege is <laughs> Privilege <good>. is great. <laughs> um, yeah, do all you, you know, do good with it. Uh, it to me, it, it felt very much, I mean, the, the way you explained it, I think was just, I, I, well, people make privilege a synonym for racist, right? So yeah, when you say maybe, you're yeah. privileged, people are like, I'm not racist. Yeah. Um, I have privilege. You have privilege. We have privilege. Nobody's getting rid of their privilege. Privilege is good. Like, privilege <laughs> is good. Privilege. It's what you do with your privilege. Because although we all have privilege, everybody doesn't have the same amount. And there are some, and Laura gave a beautiful example, right, of just how um, immigration fast tracks depending on where you're coming from. Sure. There is a privilege to that. And really asking yourself, how am I using my privilege? Mm -hmm. And do I need to advocate for other demographics that do not have mm -hmm. the same access to opportunity as I do? Yeah. Yeah, I thought too. I mean, I, whenever we're doing stuff with the staff, I always want to see you know, how are they feeling. And I can just—you you both are administrators, or you're both. <laughs> when you look around the room, you look at your staff. You can tell where they are, and they were really chewing the stuff up. It was really—they were—they well, were. For, well, the it. staff is great. They yes, are amazing. Staff. You can really feel the temperature of the room and just the hearts. Um, it was really enjoyable for us. Good. Really enjoyable, and it's the same thing over at Xavier. Um, we really, uh, Laura mentioned. This is the only space where we get to talk about our faith yeah. and just how much like we believe that the love of God needs to saturate, permeate the environment yeah. when we're talking about these topics that could t could potentially be harmful mm -hmm. to the people we're training. Mm -hmm. And so just to create that safe space, if you really want to make progress, if you really want to change the world, you do have to take a, an, a humble approach knowing that it's not me teaching you. We're all learning together. You guys sound like teachers. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. What? Yeah, so, and, and too, I mean, so besides looking around the room and just looking at posture and, and that kind of thing and where they, all those little things and nuances of their nonverbals, and then too, how many folks approached you afterward, mm -hmm. I think Scott and Linda and I don't know who else, people were, you know, either because you knew someone in common um, or had worked together, I think, or um, they had, you know, more questions and things. Yeah, but I, I am eager, like you said, to keep doing this work with, with our staff. And I hope our families, you know, who are tuned in, I just think because um, especially for a Catholic school we are a diverse community mm -hmm. and we're seeing uh, especially in our strategic planning I mean the numbers are right there that we are becoming more racially diverse mm -hmm. um, we're uh, bringing a lot of our families um, uh, immigrant families a lot of them from the Congo and there's just pieces there that um, if we don't talk about them we're missing out on some really just great opportunities um, but besides the fact of making sure that um, everybody here feels really welcome to Christ like we say and um, you know and then that we're growing and doing things right by our kids because 
um, it, it's, a, it's a good thing. I wrote a very short article a few months ago about blessed by diversity. Like it's, it's a really good thing that we have, but we got to do it right. Um, and with, you know, like you're able to see looking at the room, the staff is, is very, very Caucasian. That's not necessarily a bad thing. But boy, if you're a student um, who's brown or black and all the adults look one way, there's just things that we can, I think, learn to make their experience um, where they can see themselves as a part of the yeah, family, yeah, member yeah, yeah, of the yeah. family. Yeah. yeah, and so we're really excited just to, I think at this point, say that we're starting this conversation, starting mm. the work. Um, we, we did just, um, we have a new mission statement that the strategic planning committee came out with last, gosh, some point last school year. Um, that'll be um, in the next few months, that'll be, you know, on our website and in our buildings and things like that. Um, but we did acknowledge, gosh, we need to be speaking about diversity in our mission statement. So now we've included that we celebrate mm -hmm. diversity. So that's a really good thing too. Um, so I thank you for starting this. Um, I, I like how you gave yourselves a little bit of a, um, uh, advertisement at the end. Oh, we tell, did plug. Tell Zach to have us come back. I did. <laughs> but I think, I think they wanted this, even if it's a hard conversation in some ways. I think the staff was eager to, um, to have the conversation. And I think because of the way you present and how much you fed us, I think that they'll be eager to have you come back too. So we'll look forward to hopefully doing that. And then if you come back on the pod with me, um, folks, I got to tell you, I did not tell them I was going to ask them to be on the pod. They just said <laughs> they would do this. So thank you for, for jumping on with me for a minute here. Um, anything else you want to say to our families um, just before we sign off here? Well, thank you for having us, first of all. And then thank you for being even open, open to questioning whether you're ready to do the work and, and asking yourselves questions and um, analyzing where you are and even looking into it, right? Um, because curiosity always opens the door to a, a totally different world of opportunity. I would say love all of God's people. Mm. We're all God's people. And, um, you know, uh, this, this work is like like uh, Kim said hard work it's it's really about it's about love and it's about um uh empathy and it's about uh um we can't get there unless we get there together so it doesn't matter if you're woke you know if this person's <laughs> woke or a pocket of wokeness over here we have to go together to mm -hmm. to you know so you know um interrupt systems of inequity and, and make things better for all yeah Awesome. Ladies, thank you very much. Uh, have a good time at Xavier this afternoon. Hope we can get some lunch before I head over there. Uh, everybody, thanks for listening to this. We'll give you the regular pod on Friday. God bless the rest of your week.